first jurisprudence someone comes in contact with is called channel flipping. Many teenagers lose their sexual identity and begin to gain their adult sexuality identity through channel flipping. It is not recommended that you do channel flipping, but uh, there's been so much done to improve the situation that the guides come up and you look through a guide rather than flip the channel uh, directly. There was many cases of uh, bipolar discovery through channel flipping and surfing that they came up with this new cable idea of channel media guide selecting. Now, that's basically how Judas Prudence chart works. You go through it like a little reader and you read in the identities of your situation until you understand it. Now, there's uh, an aspect of uh, safety in all these measures that we come up with, and it's not called intelligent design by any chance, by any means. Intelligent design is just means that the uh, cell reforms itself through nuclear power um, with identity and purpose and growth in the whole system without losing the system's capabilities of the human body, the animal's body, the marsupial's body, the fish's body, etc. The cell formation is what intelligent design is about. Intelligent design has nothing to do with four walls in a house to having six walls in a house. Or meeting somebody by chance at the mall that you weren't expecting, but you know. That's not the identity of uh, the... That's called natural selection when you start working out there with people and you're seeing people that you know and things like that. That's called natural selection. Now... Um... The idea of the um, identity of structure being in things where it's formulated uh, divinely inspired is the cells and in the animals and the cells and the plants that grow. That's called that first matter I was talking about. So... In jurisprudence, you have both those things too. You have the natural selection and the, um, I can't even think of the word right now, uh, intelligent design. Intelligent design and natural selection work hand in hand. And then you have what is called uh, um, intuition design. And those three types of design exist natural selection intuition design and um um that third one I'm trying to grasp again um divine inly inspired uh idealisms of uh the uh, intelligent design, natural design, intelligent design, natural selection, and um, 
the idea of identity formations from the human being that would use intuition selection. So intuition selection, natural uh, um, intelligent design, and natural selection. So those three things are three things that are working together and the basic philosophy is logistics, personal reference, and cause and effect is how we understand those other three things with those three knowledges. Now, under logistics comes speech, and speech has several different aspects to it, um, which uh, usually can have you enough phenolisms at home to um, kind of grasp what people are saying and doing before you see them again um, but you don't want to use your phenolisms directly into influencing the conversation that you see them in the future about you want to use this the personal reference cause and effect and um, logistics to speak to them about in your situation beforehand before you meet them the second time even though you've had phenolisms at home on the uh, personality structures of those people from your experience of digesting them into your alien brain so all those things I've just mentioned in this talk is all that exists. That's the only thing that exists um, rather than modesty. And modesty is the only form of spirituality that truly exists. Um, now if you want to go into uh, um, the idea of... Uh, unnatural spirituality you could go into the very different branches of modesty that break rules in modesty or keep them to the hyper extent either way and that's spirituality and then past that the world does not exist the universe does not exist there's nothing that exists past those things so what are you calling it when you get to the point of the prudence in those things? You just discovered universal prudence through this last speech I've been giving. And in universal prudence, everything is understand politically. There's no religion. There's no uh, software. There's no last rites of family. Um except on a personal level that's public and then now things are understood politically then and then when we understand everything is political we begin to say well where do we go back to weigh the political situation and different nations use the different emblem of their nation to discover what their politic is and um, in America our presidential politic is the uh, Washington Memorial or the Abraham Lincoln Memorial and um, the Martin Luther King Jr. Memorial um, 
the Liberty Bell in Philadelphia. Um, the shape of the Pentagon building in Virginia. There's several different types of, uh, shapes we use to coordinate our politics, our policies. And, uh, we look at those few things to develop into what story do we want someone to tell? And, uh, yes, we'll mention the flag at this point. The flag is usually not our storyteller. It's our morale insignia and about a story that was already told. We make the flag. So, um, depending on your, uh, Resurrection theory goes those generalities under that universal prudence. Your crucifixion and your resurrection principles determine what very basic nature you know about of the deity and um, things that you pray to yourself, but yet the Westerner is far incapable of prayer because of his situation. He usually begins to accept all those things and preach only certain things. And that way we invest in our time understanding of the equilibrium and continuum through preaching of the one truth and the accepting in our heart of all prayer. That's why we see so many religions in America, but we don't see so many religions doing preaching other than Christianity. Now, the idea of the Muslim or... A Buddhist preacher or here Krishna preacher in America is usually done in a story format on the television as a storyline character that was interesting. And um, so everything falls under the universal prudence. And you're either one of those things, but you're going to hear the Christian preaching. Now, there's a lot of ways to purification that some people try to take inwardly that really doesn't digest that well in our current situation in America. If you're trying to become a pure religionist, um, other than a universal prayer person. Now, if you become universal prayer, then you'll be comfortable around those people that only preach just the Christian doctrine, yet the clericals of the other religions will seem, in a way, better to you if you understood the universal heart of prayer then those things can come in contact with one another 
and be similarly disrupted and finish the day with pride and class in America under the universal prudence to be um, an equal uh, opportunity. Now, there's no such thing as equal income in America. There's equal opportunity. Now, some people are given more opportunity in the beginning, which sometimes people will prize and yet still keep under accountability the um, inertia of the party. Now that happens different in different venues in America. For one, Donald Trump lived in a uh, condominium complex and he was brought down as a child and they worshipped him as he came down the elevator shaft with his bodyguards. Now, on the other hand, uh, Jimmy Carter was raised in a uh, in a project home. Jimmy Carter was raised in a project home, and then he moved into a larger home. Uh, investigated for him during the time of his early prenuptials before nomination. Now, why would I call them prenuptials? Because they knew who Jimmy Carter was when he was in high school. And when he was in grade school, they knew who he was. And that's the agenda type each person keeps up with in their party system is the ideas of how was the original uh, party member worshipped and then how was the coming party members worshipped and how where did they come from so what would they know and when did they come to the realization of knowing it because you can know when you're living in the project home who you are and that you're related to George Washington and that you went through high school just fine and there's things that normal economists do to try and embarrass those types of candidates without influencing them too much too greatly and many of the time it's just a small necklace that one might wear around their neck or wrist and make them feel as if they had disgraced something that was theirs because they were trying to fit in and learn the modern world and then they learned that the modern world really didn't exist it was still the same fact but we just wear different clothes now um, in a way so those things tend to go through the system of the candidate and he says to myself I wore these rings and these necklaces in high school and I feel so embarrassed. I was just like everybody else. And pow, you got a presidential candidate. You see how that works, gentlemen? Because every gentleman goes through that at some point. And then it's reintroduced with the presidential candidate. And everything goes pow and it zings again. And we're out there wearing our necklaces and our bracelets again. The candidate's in his suit. 
and were praising the United States trying to get the tax monies in to do the project that we were given by the incoming candidates after the one candidate was elected he gets incoming feed from another candidate and has to reach out and uh, meet that candidate when they're in grade school and uh, early uh, life and try and uh, uh, decide whether or not that person should be uh, enrolled in things because they know they have one track mind there's nobody who knows that better than the president the president knows about the one-track mind because as president's family, you don't see the president as being funny. You don't see him as being mean. You don't see him as being uh, uh, sly and rejectful. You see the other president in front of you as being the one who seems to hold... Uh, interest in what you want to do and have been doing but your um, built in self esteem there from those necklaces and reading that verse in 73 Psalms that you don't want to be that way so you don't disturb that candidate you don't want to do anything to disturb them but you don't want to leave everything undone but that's why that's in our societies to help leaders learn what humility is and once we've learned our humility we begin to serve justice rather than injustice that's how you can tell the candidate is doing the right job is he really serving justice is he saying something in a way that's unjust to serve justice now who serves justice does the rant and raving or is it the uh, well placed comment no it's not any of that it's the determining fact in which I was brought out of am I still resurrecting that into our culture and then when I'm given something am I passing it down to somebody who is younger than me because that person who's younger than me has done something that I saw and I want to see flourish and I don't want to do the work though I just want to prove his work when he's doing it and see if he's doing all right at it I don't want to say to him you know you got to do it this way or that way it's just the way that things are seen and when we see those things, we see the man, and then we see the father of our own families, and we say to ourselves, do we give enough attention to our family? And that's the, pe the president's main job, is to make sure we're showing enough attention to our own families. Then we get into family prudence, and family prudence is the idea that the father is always enlisting the last rights of the family to cause them to be at peace. Now, there's some ideas that um, politics are exciting, politics are motivating, politics is an exercise, and you can learn that from any church group leader in the nation 
he is leading you through an exercise to get you involved in the strength building it takes to do two things. There's two things that the exercise is trying to get you to do. One is trying to get you motivated to do your job at work in the workforce under the labor union. Two, it's the second point is that the idea that I can live in my home and rest in my home and feel secure within my home to have a home life. Those two things is the job of the presidency to make sure that you're ready through the exercise of family, that you're focused, that you're doing your job. And that you're feeling the home life is the number two thing. You've got to be able to have the home life to feel good and secure within your home. And that's what the speeches are for. Now, what do the speeches indicatively say? Well, they indicatively say... They say, knock on wood. And if you knock on the wood, you see that you have, no, have understood what the president is saying to you in your physical, egocentrical self. And when that occurs, conviction happens. What does it say when conviction happens? A lot of the church will like you to say that you're not an American when you hear conviction. That is why the state approves the church. Because when you're convicted, you're not an American, you are a religious person, you need to know your bounds. Because that is a station in America when you say, I am a religious person on this matter, I'm not an American on that matter, I'm a religious person on that matter. You've got to know why that's there, because religion is not the basis for freedom. Religion is the basis for bondage to something other than the calling that I'm given by my leadership in a secular world. So what do you do when your religion comes in conflict at the simple fact that you're convicted in your heart not because of America but because of religion when somebody is speaking, well, we have the tenets then, the flag, the Pledge of Allegiance, the Star Spangled Banner to redirect the idea of religion to country. Because we were founded by religious men, they understood that thing. Now that's the totality of Judas Prudence. And then after Judas Prudence comes patriotism. Now, you could be under all law, you could be under all conviction, and still be all religious, and not be an American yet. The idea that I'm an American means this. It means that my nation has no say in my life. Now that's coming from a Georgian who is an American. Thy nation has no say in my life. Well, what does that mean? That means I use my advocacy 
to attain the lifestyle at which I can attain through the legal laws of the land. Now, law that's already set up is not your nation influencing you. You could obey every law and still not be an American. You could have a driver's license and not be an American. You could have a passport and not be an American. To be an American means I get out there and I give my vote to my candidates of my choosing and I display for them suffrage of my intuition and best study to make the correct decision for the nation. You are an American when you're influencing your own nation of America. That's the only way you could be an American is to influence your nation. Now you could say to yourself, well, that's just because I think conviction comes from religion. So I think I'm religiously convicted, but I think that's my patriotism too. No, that is separations of church and state. You are not an American just because you go to church, just because you go to mosque, just because you go to temple, does not make you an American. That makes you a religious person. You can religiously rely on a nation and not be a patriot. To be a patriot, you must go out and place your ballot and vote, pay your taxes, Use your public transportation systems. All those things makes you an American. Using your public school system is making you an American. Using your private school systems is making you an American. You are not an American because of what you believe in. People believe in many different sorts of things in America. Just because you think of something you believe in and it comes from a religion and you want to do it does not make you an American. An American is a Freemason society. It takes from the religions what is good to the extent of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. If you are pursuing things that only make you happy and you think that's the pursuit of happiness because it makes you only happy, you are not an American. Even though we support independence and you think we're saying it only means your happiness, no, it means the effectual happiness of everyone around you as well in the Bill of Rights. In the Bill of Rights, it talks about anti-slavery law. Now, it says anti-slavery. Slavery has been abolished. That means that I cannot just do things for my own happiness because in my essence, I want to destroy my fellow man for my happiness because of my religious conviction. So take heed to what you're saying and enter all that prudence and say to yourself, I am not a religious person. I go through the exercise of religion to understand certain aspects of it, but I live in America. 
My pursuit of happiness has to be dictated to my neighbor as well, whether he be white, black, Hispanic, Puerto Rican. I had to say to him, my happiness has to elevate his happiness as well. It does not have to exist, but except that you were religious in the first place, so you must say to yourself, I can't be religious on that facts that are listed in the Bill of Rights and persecute somebody else for my own happiness. Now you see there, the television is not teaching you about America. It is taking the ideas of what we call entertainment and putting them in a video format so we can understand those things are religious and we don't follow the religion when it comes to that facts that we say to ourselves, I would pursue my happiness over someone else. It just states in the that you your happiness does not have to involve other people, but it does state that it cannot overwhelm others as well. So remember, what do I really want to do in life comes at a certain point. And many religious people's lives. Do I want to practice religion and try and say I'm practicing it like my old ancestors? But they might not have left enough behind in their religion to understand. So, what then do I do? Do I continue to be religious in conviction? Or do I say to myself, I need to make the step. I need to make the choice today to say I'll be an American instead of religious. Now that takes a little bit of freedom idea there. And it starts to dwell in you. And if you really think about it, if I really want to be an American, if I really want to be an American and quit being religious... It means that those states of religion that I wanted from my religion are now invested into me because the Freemasons put the real intent of the religions into the Freemasonry. And now I have received the truth about religion in my state of being and the religious conviction is no longer because of religion, but it's because of prudence. And if you notice something, we get prudence from the New Testament. And then the New Testament is understood by me, and I no longer have to go through the withdrawal symptom of the gerrymandering of my conscience to implore people to be sane and to be reconciled to religion. I tried to reconcile them to the state instead. And then in my fact, my words are empowered then 
by the fact that myself has free speech then. And I notice to myself that I don't have free speech in religion because I can make anything up that I want that I want to say. But that's not what free speech really means. And then you say, how do we know right and wrong? Well, I tell you this, you're going to have to memorize all that stuff and you're going to have to be baptized in the Holy Spirit with fire and remember those words that are in me that don't walk in congruency. I have to bring to the congruent state of being with the Constitution. Now, how do I do that? Is it by the Pledge of Allegiance? That's the spirit of the Constitution. The Pledge of Allegiance and the Star Spangled Banner. Now, those things are the spirit. They say anything they want about freedom. But then you've got to notice that I am not free to say anything I want. I am not free with the image that I have to say anything that I want from my mouth that I want to say at any given time. And I'm not free to develop in myself Ten Commandment coding speech and say those things to people. No, but I had the freedom to study psychology and develop for myself a system of speech which I use to develop my life's epic on. And what is so good about this Facebook anyhow? Well, one good thing is with your family, if you're sending them a message, you can send them an angry message and then quickly say to yourself, I was angry. And then say to them, I was angry. I wanted to say how angry I was, but that is not what I wish to do. That is my anger I wanted to express in this format. So you must choose the format in which you're deciding to do things. So you must have a squared off process within books. Now, how about books say anything they want, but there's something about books. All their words are on the pages in the books. They're not freely expressed through the mouth of people in books. And you're not allowed to go around saying you're going to hurt somebody. Or you feel like hurting somebody. If you're really trying to get the rage up to enjoy the battering of another individual, you're not allowed to do that. But you're going to say, we're free, and then you're going to do it. That's not America. America was not founded on demonstration alone. Demonstration in America was founded on very few key principles that developed out of mass hysteria in some places. And we have put laws and bylaws in to effect that said I should not do those things anymore just to be an American in the spirit to try and say to myself I'm an American and I can get away with it no 
America is not an anarchy of freedom. It is not. There are rules that are in your human self that are contained in the Constitution. In little words and voices you hear in your heart is not something that's within yourself. You're hearing confusion. And if you think that you can do anything like take a brick and strike a human being with a brick and call it your freedom to protest because you're poor, because you can't drive, because you have a felony, and you think you need to protest things that are already on the books and try and change them to give yourself worth... You're looking at things that are beginning to be religious. You see, that's the mark of religion. Religion is a thing that likes to protest. I am not a religious person. I've attended Mass 19 times in my 39-year-old life on my own. And I'm going to say this to you today out there. If you think something needs to be protested, I want you to label that as religion. And then I want you to look at the correct way That religion is supposed to be expressed in America. And then I want you to say again. People who are not religious do not protest religiously. They protest culturally. So your little religious protest of hitting somebody in the face with a brick. Was not a cultural freedom expression. No it was totally religious. Yes, you know what I'm saying. Yes, you know that's off the books. That we don't beat people with whips in the streets who are black anymore. Yes, you know that. But yet you want to seek the solace of claiming that as your expression of religion still is not good today. We do not need social reformation. No. We need a vacuum in our homes to vacuum the floors in our house and keep them clean. We need air conditioners. We need people to continue to cook meals. We need people to have neighborhood barbecues and not have the resemblance of religion at their barbecue. Now you can have that example of religion at the mall to remind people. But the neighborhood barbecue. Why don't you dress a little more authentic to the United States. Instead of religion. We need that kind of spirit in America. In every branch of ethnicity. 
we do not need everyone to be concerned so much with saying whatever they want, doing whatever they want, being whoever they want, as some type of philosophy that I can be this person today. No, we need to be our families. We need to have the idea of alcoholism in check as medicine, not as a party vice. We don't need contraceptive pictures of drunkenness and flailing around to intimidate people. Those things are religious uses of freedom of speech against America. They're rooted in the idea of Louisiana and the Bayou men who do nothing of the sort with those things. No, those men in the Bayou wear chains on their wrists and chains on their neck and they hunt alligators and they remind the candidates that the candidates once wore those chains. So you know I'm not talking in meanness to those religious people either who know about Psalm 73. And in those things, I want to remind you to use temperance. Don't use the old systems of videotapes and laying into you with those religious things that were of the past. No, it's time to turn over a new leaf. It's time to remember the people of Yesterday, not yesteryear. So we need to think of ourselves again. What was yesterday? Well, I'll tell you what yesterday was. Yesterday was the Cubs winning the World Series for the first time in all the years of Major League Baseball. The Cubs won the World Series for the first time. And that marks all in to those religious things that I was mentioning that people try to take part in to develop issues that they are the Almighty. That's what religion is. Deism, on the other hand, says we are creatures and we look and see and become deists and then we see the sign and interpret it. And in our deism, we make the mark and return to creature. Now, creature does not exist in those things that we call religion creature involves himself in his natural state where he is in today he does not try to dig into religion and try to find value to stand against things such as the principles founded in the state of which he lives no he tries to fit in he tries to catch the alligator He wears the chains. No, 
He does not try to be the candidate. He tries to be the creature to see the deist, to give the sign, to tell the people. Today is the day. Tomorrow holds great things. Will you join with me today? Will you say to yourself, enough is enough. I do not want to be a religious person. I will go through the religious exercise and understand that it's an exercise to keep me on path for the right thing. Religion is not a meditation in my heart that causes me to be who I am. No, religion is the carpet on the floor that we have discussion over and we choose the right carpet and we enjoy the time. And the real salvation comes from the plate of bread and the wine. And I don't try to rise up against the government in my religion because religion is not the answer there. Now, the answer there is simple. The answer to rising up to the government is the simple fact of product. We must produce the product if we're going to put values onto things that are important and have the right significance to us in our younger years. And then those things become the greater vestments and we implore ourselves to be the truly justful people for four score and seven years ago our forefathers brought onto this nation and with that they said to them that were good come be with us Leave the religious nature behind, though it be in my breast. I be not that anymore. I be an American.